Hello everybody. For those of you who don't know, I own and operate Timeless Custom Leather. Timeless specializes in creating 100% handcrafted leather goods right here in Grimes County, Texas. It would mean the world to me if you would take a minute or two out of your day and follow Timeless on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at Timeless Custom Leather and also on Instagram at Timeless Custom Leather. As always, I couldn't do this without you guys. Love you. Now back to the mind of a maker. All right, we are rolling. Welcome back, everybody, to the Mind of a Maker podcast. With me today is Mr. Hunter Hearn. Hunter, how are you, buddy? Fantastic, man. Yeah, you doing good? Staying cool in the heat? No, I'm not staying cool in the heat, that's for sure. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty hot out there. It is warm, it is. Hunter, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from. I know this is going to be a fun episode, and we'll get all into everything, but... Man, I, um, so I, I'm my name's Hunter Hearn. I'm from a little town called Crosby, Texas. So it was once little, not so little anymore. Uh, it's Bait Town area, I guess you'd say. Um, went to Crosby High School, graduated there, and uh, played four years at Sam Houston State University. Went and uh, met my beautiful wife Amanda, and uh, anyway, now we are living the dream in Iowa, Texas. Yes, sir. So <laughs> living in God's country. A lot of now. good, a lot of good folks up here, man. <laughs> Well, we appreciate having you around. How y'all got married in twenty twenty one? Boy, don't get me lying on this mic. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was October twenty fourth, two thousand twenty. Oh, okay. Twenty twenty. Read that on my wedding ring here. Yeah, there you yeah. go. I was trying to think of how long we had known each other and been friends. It feels like it's been like fifteen or twenty years, but I guess it's only been about three years. Hey, you know, I guess I just have that effect on people, man. Well, you've definitely never met a stranger. No, I could talk to a fence post. Yeah, well, that's good, though. That makes you a fun guy to be around. You're, yeah. you're, there's never a dull moment when Hunter Hearn is around. For I, sure. I, I get to tell him some stories sometimes, you know what I'm saying. But, I mean, <laughs> hey, that's what I told uh, I told my buddy BP back in Crosby. I was like, hey, dude, I'm about to go on a podcast. And he was like, dude, don't go in there and lie. I said, dude, my, my Pinocchio nose is about to be about 10 foot long. <laughs> about this. You ain't going to know what to believe. Y'all are going to think Hunter's the coolest person in the world when we get done recording this thing. I mean... I'd probably give him a good run for his money. <laughs> well, Hunter, you sort of mentioned it. You went to Sam Houston um, and played baseball there. You had a very, I would say, successful baseball career from all the things that you got to do. But before we get into all of that, let's rewind to your high school experience. Did you play all sports? Were you just a baseball, football guy? I know you played football a little bit. Man, yeah, I, I did. Um, so I played Baseball and football, and I tried to run track. <laughs> they they try not to let me on the track, but uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I was kind of a pipsqueak in high school. You know, I, I didn't really. I wasn't really that big or strong of a guy, but um, I was. I was very talented on the on the baseball diamond, I guess you'd say, and uh, tried to t- transfer those talents to the to the gridiron. But the boys are a lot bigger on the field. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it didn't exactly uh, didn't exactly pan out for me there, but. Um, no, nah, man, I, and you know my heart wasn't in, in the whole football game. Um, the Hearns kind of have a a legacy of, I guess you'd say, being 
good at football and uh, not so much baseball. Um, so I kind of felt like I had to live up to my dad, and my grandpa's name. Huh. Um, and you know they, they didn't they didn't go play anywhere or anything. My grandpa went and tried out at Blinn and in the '60s, I guess. And uh, he told him, I think he ended up going and making the team. But he told me that. Once he figured out he had to go to school too, he said. Uh, he said that he came home went to went to went to go fight in Vietnam. So. <laughs> he thought he could yeah, just go to school, was, huh? <laughs> yeah, he said he didn't. He didn't know that was that was part of the deal. So uh, anyway, yeah, and uh, you know my dad, my dad is a, you know I hear stories about him all the time, just cracking people's heads, and I always wanted to be that guy. You know what I mean? I just couldn't ever make it happen. I, I, it was, wasn't for lack of effort. But, yeah. Uh, going frontwards and backwards, I was fine. I'd rather you try to come run me over and just let me let me just let me just tackle you. You know what I mean? And uh, be, once they started going uh, <laughs> uh, perpendicular there, side and side, a parallel line of scrimmage. Yeah, I, I, I was like a dancing bear. It was all ju- juking and jiving. They got you, huh? You it, could take the hits head on. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'd get in their head though before the play. You know what I mean? Especially like on punt return or something. Nah, you talking mess? Oh, dude, I'd be all, I'd be, I'd be frying those dudes on the line up there. <laughs> I'd have them so mad at me, and I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't do nothing to hurt them. I'd have them so mad at me; they'd be trying to kill me. And I'd, just, I'd just be laughing at them. <laughs> so you, your baseball career, you, I, I'm assuming you played your whole life, huh? From little league on up, and then you finally got drafted. Or uh, well, you did get drafted. We'll get to that. But you got uh, recruited by Sam Houston. What was your what was your baseball career like? I haven't – I never went through the ranks of a baseball player. You know, what's the recruiting process like for a D1 baseball player? <laughs> Stressful. Man, it's um, – my baseball career was sort of a wicked twisted road, man. So, I guess you'd say I kind of uh, – you know, you grow up in a small town and you can play – you can play – if you can you can catch and throw and hit, you know, you're going to you're gonna kind of be either the shortstop, the pitcher, or the catcher, or all three. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, so um, – we had a very, very talented group of guys in the class of 2015 Crosby. Uh, probably, I would say, probably the most talented that's come through uh, that I've ever seen. And, um, but that same, that same crew that was on the baseball field, we were also the football team too. Every single one of us played football. So mm-hmm. like we had that, we had that bond that like yeah, you did everything. I mean, together. we did everything together um, as far as sports go. You know, like off the field, we're completely different people. But um, so I guess uh, you'd say. I kind of, I was kind of the, I was kind of the leader of that that circus on the baseball field, um, and I, you know, I let them do their thing on the football field and tell me what to do, um, and uh, so I, you know, I went through and, man, like all these kids now nowadays, man, baseball's come. Everybody wants their kid to be a baseball player, man. It's just, especially in Texas, Southeast Texas, it is so competitive and it's so hard to make it out of. It has home. gotten a lot more popular, I would uh, say, and. For the better, for good, yeah. it's a good, it's a good thing, you know. Um, it, I'll, there's, no, there's nothing, there's nothing better than to have the true love for the game of baseball that a kid has whenever he's, whenever he's eight, nine years old out in the yard playing catch with his dad or whatever, and, yeah. and watching these guys on TV. Like I remember, um, kind of what, what sparked my, what sparked my career, um, or my interest in, in, in the game is. Um, you know, we grew up in the Killer Bees era, and I don't know if you're an Astros fan or not, but yeah, um, yeah, you're an Astros <laughs> fan. Um, the Killer Bees era, man. I just remember watching those guys play in uh, Minute Maid Park, and it was just magical. I mean, yeah, you have Jeff Bagwell, Craig Biggio, Lance Berkman, uh, Brad Bosmus, um, Brandon Backey. Uh, 
Uh, that was a joke by the Brad Osmus saying it. His name is Brad Osmus. But um, anyway, man, it just. I remember my dad would take me to take me to the games back when they were a little bit more affordable, and uh, <laughs> you know, there's no social media or anything getting bandwagon fans to go to Astros games. Um, you know, we'd sit behind, we'd sit about 15 rows up from the first base dugout, and uh, I just never seen those guys walk out and watching their on their on deck routine. And uh, when they got when they come out of the dugout and they got on deck, you know, it's something that like nobody pays attention to. But I, I would watch those guys and I would just be like, man, I just want to be, I want to be like that. And so <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. But I would go home and my mom has a dance studio. She teaches uh, dance and gymnastics, and it's got mirrors along one full wall. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember going and I'd get a I'd get a broom handle out of the out of the corner and uh, when my when my parents went to bed or whatever, and I'd go stand in front of that mirror and I'd act like I was Craig Biggio on deck. You know, most <laughs> kids would be acting like they're they're pimping home runs or flipping the bat or something, and I'd be over there acting like I was Craig Vigio on deck fixing to walk up to bat. You're so, on deck. <laughs> yeah, man. Just um, So that, that kind of sparked it, and uh, I just kind of had a, I guess, ever-burning passion for the game. Um, I, I, just, I just wanted to be – I don't know. Like in your mind, you think you're you think you're the, you're the best until you get out of Crosby, Texas. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then then you realize, oh man, these, some of these some of these cats can play. And yeah, so, that's a saying I think goes with every college sport. And I, yeah, I'm sure you I know. I don't with know football. if I've said it on this podcast or not, but whenever you're in high school, you're uh, you might be like the best player on your high school team, and then you get to college, and everybody that you play with is the best player on their high school team. Yeah, you're, you're, so you hit you hit the nail on the head. No, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly right. But, you know, I was kind of taught that, so I'm the first person, I mean, to speak of in, in my family to, like, go to, go to a, like, a, a school, like a college, you know, yeah. a university. And um, my mom and dad, you know, they, they always, um, you know, they work for themselves. My dad's a tax nurse. Mom's a uh, dance teacher or gymnastics and ballet and tap. I don't really, she just, she does her dance thing. And, um, you know, they, they, you know, you work for yourself. I mean, um money don't grow on trees like i get that they never let me and my sister go without i mean yeah. and i'm extremely thankful for that but i knew that somebody's gonna have to pay for college because they they said you know we'll pay for four years of your college um no matter what and so i you know i kind of took that serious like you know i need to go to i'm gonna go to college um well i kind of kind of realized um once i started getting a little bit older and baseball started to get a little more competitive uh you know I didn't want my mom and dad to have to have to pay for pay for all that, and a uh, full scholarship in baseball is unheard of, especially if you're a kid of my stature. Like I was no, I was no um, prodigy or, or anything, but you know I was I was a hard worker and kind of kind of outworked people to, to make my way, and uh, that was my entire goal behind the the whole deal. Was you know, it wasn't to go play in the pros. I'm gonna be honest. I yeah. you know, as you get older in the in the baseball scene, you, you kind of start looking at those guys and hearing about some of the stories and stuff and yes it's a dream everybody everybody wants to be on that tv and and play on tv but what a lot of people don't understand is those 18 guys in that frame on that tv when you're watching the astros game the stuff that they had to go through to get there yeah the journeys so when you're a senior in high school and you're looking at getting recruited did you did you did you ever think you would get drafted do you ever think you'd get that phone call that you got or man i was uh I'd say I was very realistic. Um, I, I, I'm not going to call my. I'm not going to try to <laughs> try to make this sound as least arrogant as possible. But like I was kind of mature for yeah. in, in my my mind for um, 
I guess any any kind of athlete would be. I was realistic about it, man. Like, um, you know, I was good and I could I could I could hang. You know, I played on the Houston Heat and uh, there were 23, 22 players on the Houston Heat. And uh, at one point, every single one of us had a every single one of them had a, a D one. Um, they committed to a D one school, and the one guy was not. It was me. <laughs> I was the only one that was not. I was going to uh, Angelina Junior College. So, because but I wasn't like I wasn't a first round draft pick. You know, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't even a tenth round draft pick. But I watched what those guys did, those first and tenth rounders, and you know picked up on it and I found out where I could outwork them to try to make it get me on the board somewhere. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I didn't really have, uh, any ambition to play professional baseball, although it is a dream and it would be cool, but man, it's just, after you start getting into those higher levels of baseball, you start realizing what it really takes to make it, man. And, and even I've been just about as close as you can get. And it's, uh, even those guys there, it, they're, they're just, Triple A baseball is completely, and Double A baseball is completely different from from those guys you see on TV. Man, they're they're yeah. incredible. It's a whole step ahead. There's people who spend their whole 15, 20 year careers in Triple A or Double A and never even make it to the big. And, and that's what nobody understands, man. And maybe they do, but I, I don't see it. But I've seen those I've seen those guys come in with bald spots, and I mean with I mean they got they got cul de sac hair. I mean they're so old, you know what I'm saying? And you're like, dude, you're you're not a manager. You're you're playing. Yeah. And and they have a wife and they have a wife and two kids that they're dragging around with them making twenty five, thirty thousand dollars a year and just waiting for a phone call and they're on the verge and some of them never get it. Yeah. I saw a story the the other day, there's this guy that made it. And uh, you know, you can't do nothing but tip your hat at that guy. I mean because yeah. once you make it, you make it. Well, yeah. you just gotta make it one time. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's one phone call, man. You gotta make gotta get that one call. That's it. So you get you get recruited to Sam Houston, uh, you go play there. You played you played outfield at Sam, or <laughs> so this is where it gets a little, a little, uh, little hairy. My baseball career did, I guess. So I actually was not going to Sam. I was going to Angelina Junior College. Not many people know that. Um, and you know, deep down in, in, inside, in, inside you as an athlete, and I was very, I took it serious and was a very hard worker at it. Um, you can be as realistic as possible, but deep down inside, it, it hurts that all your buddies are going to. Or going to big schools, you know, and and you play beside them, and you can play, you can keep up with them on the field, and you see what they do off the field, and 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 whatever, and, and they get a chance, and you don't. It's just who's, I mean, it's it's who catches somebody's eye at the right time, and I just never, yeah, I guess I just never really did that, um, and that's why. But you know what? It all worked out for the best because that, that was the best decision I ever made in my life was to go to Sam Houston State University. So I was moving my stuff into – I was about to move my stuff in. We had a car loaded to go to Angelina to move my stuff in the dorm. But it, I got signed late. Oh, like, really? Yeah, I lost all hope. In, I mean, not that if – so I'd take that back. Just because you're not going to a Division One school out of high school, like I think kids nowadays need to understand football or baseball, you know, that's kind of not really practical. Like it's not. It's it's kind of unheard. It's not unheard of, but like, you can go to a junior college and still make it. Yes. Like I went to a. Junior you're supposed. College. You're not supposed to go to a D one school out of. <laughs> yes. You're not supposed to go to a D one school out of out of high school. I mean, a lot of people do, but there's also there's. I get what you're saying. There's alternate routes to get there in the end. You know? Yeah, and you know, so and and nowadays, man, there's so many colleges out there. There's there's a spot for everybody to play. Um, there is a lot if, of them. If you, if you go out there and, and, and really want to, but do you really want to go play at 
some field in, in southwest Kansas that sees, <laughs> sees rain once a year and you have two fans in the stands and it's it's the coach's wife and, and mom. Like, I mean, do you really want to go do that for four years just to say you play college baseball? I mean, yeah. what's it worth to you? Um, and so that's sort of where I was on it. You know, I was, you know, I was, I was very thankful for the opportunity coach living gave me to go play at, at Angelina. Um, and I was about to go put all my eggs in that basket and I wanted to go to Texas tech. That was my school. I wanted to go to Texas tech. I love West Texas. Um, and, I, you know, I went <clears throat> to a camp and I talked to coach Tim Tadlock and, um, he, uh, I said, man, what's my best route to get here? Yeah. I want to, I want to play for you one day. Yeah. I thought I wanted to play for him one day. And, um, you know, you, you didn't know you come out of high school, you're chasing colors, bro. Like mm-hmm. you look around, you see, you see what everybody's wearing. Like you go to Texas tech, you see, you, you see everybody walking around on campus and you see the field and the big lights and stuff. You're like, I want to play here. Yeah. You know, got the red and black, yeah. the sweet looking uniforms, that scary, the scary looking yeah. cowboy. What <laughs> You're is it? a red the head, Raider. The, the headless pumpkin guy riding the horse. And his, <laughs> yeah, whatever their mascot is. But, um, anyway, so I, you know, I always thought that was, that would be a, a good fit for me. And it, that story kind of turns out ironic in my, in my career. So one night, um, I got invited to a camp up there by this by this coach. His name was J. Bob Thomas, and um, he invited me up there. It was about two thirty in the morning. He uh, he sent me a text. He said, "Man, he said uh, we want you to come on a visit tomorrow." So two thirty in the morning, I walked upstairs and I told my dad, "You know, it's it's like a Thursday night." Yeah, and, uh, and I, told you're my, in I told my dad, I said, "Yeah, I'm I'm ten hours away." Yeah, if y'all aren't familiar, Crosby's like the Houston area, so. Could you imagine getting a phone call or a text at two thirty and say be in Lubbock, Texas, in in the morning, which is well, in the Panhandle? <laughs> he said, "I want you to come on a visit." And he's the assistant coach for Texas. I mean, you can Google him right now. I mean, he's, he's still there. I'm pretty sure. Um, and so I said, 10-4, I'm on the way. I'm ten hours away, but I'm on the way. You know. Yeah. And so I, you know, I went upstairs and woke my dad up and said, "Dad, we got to go." And uh, so you know, I took off school the next day and. Um, yeah, I'm like it's kind of starting to get. It felt like it was starting to get pretty real. Um, and we drive all the way to Lubbock, and you know, about five o'clock in the morning, we get to like Buffalo, and uh, you know, he kind of he kind of starts not like goes to me, and so I was like, man, we we not even a quarter of the way, you know what I mean? It's a long drive, and we just kept on going, and uh, you know, I got there, and. Uh, I hadn't talked to the guy since Buffalo, and Buffalo is not even close to Lubbock, you know. No. So, um, I'm like, I have my, I, I'm kind of have my, I'm like, because there's so much stuff like this happened in my career, and, and and you know, it was almost too good to be true type stuff, and um, drove all the way up there and got ghosted, bro. Got ghosted. I, you know, I, I walked, I walked, I like basically broke into the clubhouse because I was like, dude, we walked all the way up here. I don't, I don't, I didn't have the nerve to tell my dad, like, man, I guess it wasn't real, you know. I and I mean, I have the text messages still to prove it, but like, yeah. you know, and it's not what, not what, um, anyway, went up there and, uh, they were having a camp that day and, and I didn't, I had, that's the only word I'd caught, I'd caught about it just the night before at like two thirty in the morning. And so, uh, you know, I rode up there in my baseball clothes. Cause as soon as I got there, we were going to have to, we we're going we're gonna to have to roll. And, um, we got there a little early, I guess. And, and cause we were driving 150 and, um, <laughs> And before I guess everybody showed up, and so I'm like, man, dude, this this guy, he he got me good, you know. And uh, anyway, I ended up going to the camp, and 
Um, it was one of those deals where it was like a moneymaker for them, but they kind of invited the players that they wanted to, to recruit. Yeah. And um, he, he sent me a, a deal and he said, uh, you know, we're looking at we're gonna we're gonna talk to Coach Tab, Tab go to Coach Tavlock's office and talk to him after and and uh, we'll see about making an offer. So I was like, awesome, you know, this is this is what I, I dream of. So I go and I had a good camp and and you know I, at at the, at the time I was senior in high school and I was probably five foot eleven, one hundred fifty five, hundred sixty pounds. Like I was tiny and I was barely scratching the wall with the bat with the ball. And um, you know after the after the camp was over with, he called me up and was like, man. Um, you know, we don't really. I think. I think maybe you look bigger. You look bigger on on a, on on Twitter or something because you're not really what we're looking for. And I was like, well, what's my route to get here? You know, who do y'all recruit from? And yeah, you know, they were like New Mexico Junior College, and I was like, okay, so I, you know, I heard from them a little bit, and um, <laughs> not really. They said San Jack. I said perfect. That's ten miles from my house, and you know, I can try to I can try to make something at junior college happen. Anyway, long story short, went up there as a wasted trip. Um, they kind of didn't really expect me to come and, and, run and, and, and be there and, and be there. They were just kind of trying to keep their, keep, keep their options open, I think. And, uh, maybe, maybe the two thirty in the morning text was, uh, inspired by a couple of drinks or so, but, um, <laughs> well, if they don't know Hunter Hearn, he's awake at two thirty in the morning. So. Yeah. Little did they know. I was like, <laughs> this might be my, my kind of school, you know? Um, anyway, that didn't happen. Got a, uh, Got an offer from. I was taking a history test one day. I failed it, but um, I was. I had my phone in my pocket as a BlackBerry Kurt or a, what is it? A BlackBerry Kurt with a little rolly ball. You play the little brick game on. Yeah, what was that? Had all the buttons. Uh, I think it was a, a BlackBerry. Uh, oh, what what phone was that? It was a BlackBerry Curve. I'm pretty sure. Was it? I I, I think it was red. I don't know. I used to have one too. The little roller ball in oh, the middle. Yeah. You play the little mm. uh, brick breaker ball game. Yeah, and uh. <clears throat> I don't even know if those phones had a buzzer in them. And so I'm taking a history test. My phone starts ringing. I'm like, oh, God. So I just walked out of, out of class and caught it or whatever. And it was Coach Liv. And he said, man, come up on a visit. And uh, he was at Angelina. And so I went up on a visit. And we drove around looking for the baseball field. We finally found it. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like any uh, any any junior college baseball field you'd expect. It was very nice. Um, but <laughs> – not exactly what I was dreaming of, the big lights and stuff. I'm not even real sure if they had lights at the time. Where is Angelina? Um, Lufkin. Oh, okay. Uh, it's, not, it's not far. And so yeah. that, was, that was it, too. You know, I didn't want, I didn't want to go. I would have never guessed Lufkin. I, I had no idea where I didn't Angelina want to, I didn't want to jump ship and go out of state to play junior college yeah. ball if I didn't have to, right? But at this point, I was kind of desperate. You know? yeah. I, I, I had to say, I, I was, it was senior year, and baseball season was, like, already gone. I'm pretty – it was either – I think we might have been right in the middle of it. And um, anyway, I went up there, and uh, he offered me a spot. He said I was a catcher. I was a catcher in high school. And uh, so – or I thought I was a catcher. I went up there and uh, took that deal. Well, it wasn't two weeks later, and I was packing my stuff up to go move in in, um, in Angelina. And I'm mowing the yard, you know, because in high school, uh, I mowed a bunch of – I mowed the, I mowed the, the local – the baseball sports complex, the football fields, soccer fields, all that to make my make make my extra money aside with detailing cars and that uh that whole gig and I get a call and hey buddy, this is Matt Deggs at Sam Houston State University. <laughs> I was like, is this the same Matt Deggs that um that was at Louisiana Lafayette? And he said, 
yeah, ha, huh, you got me. And I was like, <laughs> Is that how he talks? No, he, talk, he, he says he doesn't talk like that. He's he going to listen like to this and he's going to be like, Get damn Hunter Hearn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they call me Buster. But, uh, <laughs> Is that why you call everybody else Buster? <laughs> yeah, I just call everybody what I think they are. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, Bill Buster. Yeah, I come up stuff. with some good ones. It gets boring just calling everybody by their name all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, names are boring. Yeah, I mean, I don't even. You gotta name a, you got, if you're gonna name your kid, you name your kid what you want it to be called. You know what I mean? So yeah, um, if you want your kid to be called Buster, you name him Buster. I hear you. Um, anyway, so he said uh, the day before that, I had just had an All Star, All Houston area All Star game, and uh, it was all of my buddies, you know, from the surrounding Houston area schools that were going to going. And my best friend Andrew Frije was uh, from Liberty. Was um, he was committed to Sam, and. Uh, he was going to be a shortstop there, and which is which is tough to do in Matt Matt Deggs program, and um, yeah, I knew of, I knew of Coach Deggs from some of the numbers he'd put up at Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, the guys a the guys a walking icon. Like you you know him if you know him if you walked in a room anywhere. Um, well, he came to that All Star game, and me and Free J hitched a ride together there because you know gas was expensive, and uh, still is. But we hitched a ride there, and so Free J gets done, and I struck out about fifteen times. And uh, I, I think, and it was it was to the point where I was like, you know what, I'm, I kind of embraced going to Angelina Junior College, and I was like, you know, I was not, I was, I was grateful for it. Don't get me wrong, because it was a chance to keep going, but I was going to use it as a chance to get to a Division One school, you know, where I could get a better education, and yeah, um, that was a whole deal. And uh, we get done, man. I'm be honest, I'm not real happy because I just struck out about 25 times, <laughs> and. Frije uh, and everybody else was like hitting home runs and stuff, and I was just like, you know, but I was I was still in the jug- dugout jacking around with everybody and you know telling jokes and whatever. And uh, anyway, Frije he was like, hey man, I'm gonna go talk to Dave real quick. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go talk to him too. You know what I mean? So and, and I was I was waiting in the car and I was like, man, what's in, in the truck? I was like, what's he doing? And I seen him over there talking to him and I was like, man, I'm, I'm gonna go say hi, see what he's up to. And so. uh he, uh, I went over there and shook his hand, looked in my eyes, and was like, Coach Diggs, Hunter Hearn, um, it's been a while. Hey, I, I met you at Louisiana Lafayette a while back, or I think it was it was either there or LSU or somewhere, um, at a showcase we were at. And um, he was like, oh, Hunter, nice to see you again, buddy. And, and that's it. That was it. Well, the next day, he calls me, and I'm mowing the yard, and it's 150 degrees outside. I'm sweating. And I looked at my phone and it said Matt Deggs. I, I jumped off the mower, just left it running, and <laughs> and, and uh, I answered. And he said, uh, "Hey, buddy, this is Matt Deggs. Um, I, I I think I don't know if you remember, but you talked to me yesterday." And I was like, "Yes, sir, <laughs> I remember you." And he said, uh, "He said, man, there's this this guy that was walking walking past my my office in the clubhouse, and he had earrings in both of his ears, and that's one of my no-nos. So I cut him. He said, "I have a spot open in the locker room. You know, I'd like to come up on a visit tomorrow." Uh, he, or he was like, "He was like, when can you get here?" I said, "Coach, I'm already on the way." Like, you know, so I my, saw your I saw your name pop up on my phone, and I started packing. Yeah, dude, I was I already started heading for the hills, and uh, my dad was out of town on a hunting trip, guiding somebody or doing something, and so all I had was my mom, and my mom didn't. I mean, you know, my my dad was like. I was like, well, just go and see what he has to say. You know, don't let it, don't, don't, don't just take it. You know, I'm like, all right, yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> if he says he's got a spot on the team, I'm taking it. Well, no, nah, so I kind of went up there and I was like, man, you know what? I'm kind of felt like, I felt like I was on a good plan to go to Angelina Junior College and I was confident in it and whatever, but my best friend was going to Sam Houston State University. So I was like, 
man, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. I mean, we grew up playing together, and and um, <laughs> so anyway, I went up there kind of, and I could tell these. So these guys just got here. His coaching staff just got here from Louisiana Lafayette, and they didn't have a clue about. Uh, well, I guess Coach Harville, he's at Nebraska now, but he uh, he didn't have a clue about <laughs> where the stuff was. At, at Sam Houston State University because he had just got here from A&M. And he was in charge of – Diggs put him in charge of driving me around campus and giving me a tour. And so we're driving around, and I can tell he's nervous. And I'm nervous too. You know, I'm in a college coach's car. And uh, my mom's in the my mom's in the back seat, and he's driving around reading reading the building. She's like, oh, and this is the Westmoreland building, and, you know, this is the Sam Houston ac- Academic Building number four. And, <laughs> man, let's just go to the baseball field. And I was like, all right, yeah, I know where that is. So – we, uh, we went, and I'm a little nervous, man, but it was just kind of like, you know, what I had to lose. And so I went in there, and I didn't even tell um, Andrew Frije that I was that I was going up there to do this. And uh, because I didn't want him to if, – if for some reason I didn't take it or whatever, I didn't want him to think, you know, what or why. And yeah. um, I went, man, and this dude had three shoulder mounts in his office, and he had a, uh, a bunch of duck straps hanging on the wall and stuff. I mean, it just looked like Cabela's in there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, like, type, I didn't expect this. You know type I mean? of guy yeah, I want to play for. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't expect it. And he was, his first question to me, because I was wearing a, a Magellan fishing shirt, he said, you you fish? I said, nah, I don't fish. But I was like, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And uh, he's like, we're going to get along just fine. Anyway, so they offered me a 20% scholarship. And I, you know, I said, man, can I just go call my dad real quick? Because he's not here. He said, yeah. He said, we kind of need to know today. And I said, uh no problem. Well, I already knew I was going to take it, but I called my dad and he was like, well, he said, you know, just, you don't have to make the decision right now. He said, well, well we can go, we can think about it. I said, nope, dad, we got to make this one right now. Like this yeah. is a, this is a do or die. And he said, well, he said, do what you want. Anyway, that was the best decision I ever made in my life. Um, made some of my best friends, roommates. Um, and, uh, then, you know, had went and went and played and God, dude, I, I, this podcast would last four days if I just sat here and told you all the, all the, the crazy <laughs> like stories about how he hired drill instructors to come out there in, in full combat uniforms, <laughs> like at four o'clock in the morning. And we're wide out. Like we're scared. Yeah. And they're screaming down our throats and spitting in our face and stuff. And we're just like, <laughs> we're wearing it. Like it's crazy. And college sports are, it's ridiculous, dude. And we had the same thing. I don't know why they, when I was at Blinn, they hired the Marines to come. Or I don't know if they hired them or whatever, but the Marines came and put us through a workout. And I was like, what are we doing? And we did ours like in the middle of the afternoon. We're yes. carrying ammo cans, and we've got the guy, our teammates over our shoulders. Yeah. And I'm like, am I here to play is, football, is or the, am I going to war? Man. You know? So, I thought they were going to ship us to Afghanistan or hey, something. I'm telling you what they could have. I mean, by the time it's over with, <laughs> I we was probably would have went. I wasn't lean, but I was a fighting machine. <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's something that you probably, I mean, high school, you probably weren't prepared. I didn't know anybody that went to play college baseball to speak of, like a Division one school. The only person I ever knew that went to go play college sports in general was my brother. Yeah, and you live with him. So, yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> So you probably weren't prepared for. Do you just remember like that first day of college? Like I was so scared, dude. I mean, I was acting hard. You know what I'm saying? I was acting hard, but you didn't, I didn't have a choice but to be scared. Man. The was, first day of college workouts, I was like, I was so like so scared. I was like, oh 
my God, what have I gotten myself into? Everybody's a little bigger over there, aren't they? Yeah, like, I mean, I was big for... I mean, I was big for 2A high school football, yeah. what I played, right? Well, you were, you were... But when I got to Blinn, I had guys on my team that are still in the NFL. Yeah, right. Like... Like Cam Newton, right? You play with him? No, he's you're, a little... You're he's, his offensive tackle. He's a little yeah. older than I am. But there was guys, I mean, the... the D tackle I had to guard every day. His name was Javier Edwards that oh, I had dude. to block every day. He's from Houston. Um, he left he, when he went left Bland. He went to go play for Colorado. He got signed by the Texans, and that he still, now he plays in the XFL for the San Antonio team. So he's still playing, yeah. Huge dude, and, and like to ridiculous. Take that, to take that kind of beating over all those years. I mean, that was ten years ago, or not? No, not quite, but. No, it was, like I mean, six, right? Sneaking up on ten, yeah. I graduated uh, in fifteen, so or twenty fifteen was my freshman year of college, so eight years ago. Yeah, that fall. Golly. Right? Well, would it be that fall? Yeah. No, yeah, that's right. We graduated in twenty fifteen, so that yeah. fall would still be twenty fifteen. Uh, Man, wow, I'm getting old. I mean, but yeah, and think about. It seems like it was yesterday at times, and then at times it seems like manlike. You look at pictures and you're just like, dude, I was, I, you know, I was a totally different person then. And, oh, yeah. And I, I, I tried Crazy. to chase that person that I was then, man, because it was just, like, I feel like nothing could, nothing could kill me. Like, those, I mean, just some of the stuff. I remember my first day. So I come from a, a football program. We were, we were a very decorated football program. Like, the same baseball team that we had that was, that was solid was, we went to the state semifinals, got knocked out by Cedar Park. A couple of your buddies uh, uh, used to run me over in that game. Yeah, a lot. Chris and Thomas. Yeah, they ran me over Hutchings. a lot. They probably don't remember me, but I, I did get ran over by them a lot. Yeah, now they they've been to Iola a few times. I played at Blinn with Chris and Thomas, and uh, they went on to play D one football also. Well, I, they're twins, right? Yep. Well, I remember because they they had there was one in there, and he was eating my lunch, dude, and I, you know, uh, and I he was he was loving it, and I just. I just remember, dude. I, I've never been hit so hard. I got hit so hard that game I could taste the color purple. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> dude, I, I just, I just, they were, they would already be on on the line of the scrimmage, and I, I'd, I'd be looking around, and you know, everything's just spinning and acting like I was cool, you know. And uh, anyway, then they put the other one in on the second half, and he, he also, I was like, oh, I, yeah, that's his brother. I got him, man. No. Yeah. If y'all listening to this, <laughs> I'm gonna send it to him. Yeah, dude. Thank you for, thank you for. That made me y'all made me a man that day. Let's see if y'all remember playing Crosby in the playoffs. Embarrassed me in front of my whole family. <laughs> yeah. They were really good at football and they're really good guys too. We were That's what I've heard. We were big friends in college. They like I said, they've made trips to Iola on multiple occasions. They're good people. That's what I've heard, man. I'd like to I'd like to meet him again and uh, uh strap it up in the backyard, you know, man. I thought like I could take him now, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it wouldn't be for lack of effort. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I don't know if they would do it, but I, it'd be worth asking. Maybe we oh, could I set it up. We could get it on video or something. Dude, and have some you just good let content. Me, you just let me start talking to him. I bet I, I bet I could I could get him mad enough. You could, oh, I bet you could get him mad enough to, with, run, to run me over just one 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 more time for old time's sake, dude. I think uh, I think one of them. I can't remember if it was Chris or Thomas, but he went to play on. He went on to play at SFA. Did he? Yeah, and when cool. my wife Peyton was at Baylor. I went and watched them play against Baylor, and they were good, man. I haven't seen those guys since that day. And I think one of them went to Boise State. Really? Yeah. Okay. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. They deserved it. I mean, I'll tell you that there was, if I remember right, I mean, you know, I couldn't see straight the whole game, but if I remember right, I, they were a little shorter, maybe. Yeah, they're not real big, and that's what was that's what killed them because I'm telling you, their their athletic abilities on the football field 
were and I you know I, our quarterback and running back were um, you know one place he plays for I think he's with the Giants right now but um, you know so I saw what quality yeah. I mean it's not like I was coming from a one uh, like a like a like a six man football school or something yeah. that doesn't you know see talent very often but um, they uh, the boys could play man I just remember I remember that yeah they could do it for sure so you get done playing at Sam you get drafted by the Phillies correct yes sir so that was a that was kind of a unexpected thing for me um, you know I, I got to college and you know, I was I was a strong kid yeah you know, and uh, just kind of not really didn't pump a bunch of iron or anything I, I wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger but um, you know I I could hit a baseball, but I didn't know how to hit a baseball. I'd never take it. You know, that's that's one thing I can say that, I, you know, I don't know if I regret or, or not. I don't know if whether I regret it or if it was a good thing. Um, but I never had a, you know, all these kids now, like, they take private lessons. and Yeah. You know, they, they'll drive, their parents will drive them, you know, an hour and a half just on a, a Tuesday night to, and pay 150 yeah. bucks to, for somebody to teach them how to hit. You're just an old-school, blue-collar baseball player. I didn't know. Swing I, you know, hard enough in case you hit it to yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and, and I didn't hit it a lot, but when I did, it <laughs> did. Um, and I never had a lesson, um, and so I didn't really start being a, 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 as good. A, I thought I was a good baseball player until you know I got to college and uh, Matt Deggs, he taught me how to hit. Yeah, the first day I was there, and this is something that you know, he was now he's he's a rare breed of baseball coach. You don't, it's not gonna be like this at every college, but uh, we get there the first day, and we just had this practice itinerary, and he just sat back and watched the first day, like his recruits come in and what and he recruited a bunch of small town East Texas kids. Like I mean, we had Centerville, Liberty, Crosby. Um, there's there's some there's some boys from up in North Texas, small towns. Uh, it, I mean. He recruited a bunch of small town kids that had, you know, had a backbone to him. I, I think, and that was one thing I I, I knew that it, if I I might not have made it in baseball, but I um, I was gonna outwork everybody. So, yeah. um, anyway, first day, you know, I'm I'm, I'm hitting, and I'm I, I can feel him breathing down my neck behind the tur the batting turtle back there, and I was uh, I was hitting, and I hit a couple, and I saw Coach uh, Jay Sirianni. He stopped he stopped throwing. And here comes Daisy. He comes around, comes around the front of the cage. I'm like, oh god, dude, I'm getting cut already. It's my first day. And uh, he said, uh, Hunter. He said, just trust me on this. He said, this is. He said, this is your. This this is gonna sound weird to you, but it's gonna be up to you if you want to play for me. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> he said, uh, take your take your bat and drop it. He said, stand right there in the box where you where you normally stand to hit the ball. Yes, sir. No problem. Stand there. It's awkward. We stopped practice for like 10 minutes. We're having a 10-minute conversation. Everybody's yeah. in the field sweating and stuff, and they're staring at me. And uh, he dropped your bat. <clears throat> he said, all right, jump as high as you can. Yes, sir. So I jumped as high as I could. And uh, when my feet landed, they were about one foot apart from each other. He okay. said, all right, now freeze. And I looked down. He said, look at your feet. And I looked down, and he said, if you want to hit, play on my baseball club and hit for me in my lineup, your feet better not ever be this far apart, further than this apart again when you get in the box. Wow. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, I grew up watching Jeff Bagwell and these guys. You know, yeah, you you're get, spread out. You're chalk to chalk. you <laughs> got to get low. you got to get as low as possible. I level with the ball so you can hit it. And I'm yeah. like, duh, this guy's nuts. <laughs> and so I'm up there trying to hit like a pencil stick. You know, I'm yeah. standing there trying to – and 
he that's all he told me. He's like, and so I swing and I, I didn't know if I was doing it right or wrong or what. Well, you know, for about a month, man, he just he just didn't say a word to me, and I'm like, man, I called my dad. I was like, man, screw this guy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Like, yeah. this guy's a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, this is a Division One baseball coach. He's telling me to hit like this. And my dad was like, man, just hang in there. Just keep, just keep, just keep playing. Keep, and so I was, and, um, get just a little bit closer to that microphone. for me. I was. Perfect. And, uh, anyway, now I'm yelling at everybody. No, you're I'm good. Too. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, you're good. Oh, okay. You're good. All right. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. I was talking to the audience, dude. <laughs> um, no. So anyway, so I'm like, man, this guy's crazy. And my dad was like, man, just, just hang in there. He said, you'll be all right. He said, uh, you never know. You never know. And, um, Dude, so I struggled hitting it. and hitting like that was my thing. Like I liked, I loved to crush baseball because I still love to crush baseballs. And um, I, and finally after about a month, dude, I started just hitting the ball good. Yeah. And didn't know what I was doing, but I figured out the only way that I could hit the ball is if I had a leg kick up to my chest. <laughs> and he was like, his big thing was about like being intimidating in the box. He said, "You're you're on the baseball field. You're a small guy. Like these guys are six foot four, six foot five. I mean, a lot of them and." They fill up the box. He said, you have to make your appearance look bigger in the box. I was like, okay. So that was the whole thing. He got me to stand up tall. And anyway, so that's just how I learned to hit. So I learned to hit a baseball in college. And um, then, you know, just kind of took that one little lesson that he gave me that first day and then just embraced it over four years, I guess. And no, I struck out a lot too, but um, it was a, it was like a, it was a mentality thing, man. It was, he, he kind of instilled, um, I guess a mentality and the guys that were there from 16 to 19 that would be similar to what you inst- what you install into like a like a um, like an airborne ranger type yeah. you know, like military program man like we were dude, we would do some crazy stuff like <laughs> um, anyway so I, I ended up um, getting you know putting up some numbers in my first year i you know i, I wasn't a starter um when i when i showed up i was a catcher and i got the yips and they moved me to the outfield um he hired this some voodoo guy to come do voodoo magic on me and from louisiana <laughs> dude i come outside and i come outside and this dude driving an escalade and weirdo bro like i'm talking about like this guy looks like this guy looks like a hobo and he had you know tattoos all over him and stuff and his hair's down to his knees <clears throat> he's wearing completely black all right so if for those out there listening, if you don't know what the yips are, it's like when you're a catcher and you can't throw back to the pitcher. You have to, like, walk the ball yeah. almost to the front of the thing, and then you're, like, scared to still throw it to him because you don't know where it's going when it comes out of your hand. It's a it's a, it's a huge mental sports science thing. But anyway, so um, I have the yips, and I don't want to admit it. I got the yips. and But I was hitting. I was hitting the ball good. And, um, you know, Dave was like, <laughs> he wanted he was trying to help me and so he hired this this voodoo magic guy from if you will from louisiana and this guy was just everything i mean he looked like johnny cash like like a he looked like a beat-up version of johnny cash and elvis dude like uh. just, just if you mix them together and maybe like leonard skinner or somebody <laughs> and and so ZZ top. yeah and and this guy gets out and uh gets out of his <laughs> look like a like a like a dumb and dumber movie or something dude this guy gets out of his is Escalade his legend is Escalade says Black Magic on the on the uh, on the license plate B L K M G K or M G I K or something, and I was like, oh my god, dude! Like, and this this guy gets out and he's walking over, and he's like, 
like doing a little dance, you know, with his head, like a little head bob with his head, like, and he's wearing black sunglasses and like black, long black hair. Look like Ozzy Osbourne. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? And I, I was, where did he find this guy? You mm-hmm. know, and I'm just, and he walks in, he has, you know, those little Harry Potter heads that are, um, you know, the one that's on the bus, little Harry Potter shrunken head thing. Yes. Yeah. He had one hanging like from his mirror. He was a voodoo head. guy. Yeah, yeah. That's straight voodoo there. And so <clears throat> this dude comes in there. And they put me on the front row of this of this auditorium. It, he he like rented the the uh, one of the buildings in, at Sam, and this is just to fix my f- throwing problem because I've always been so good at throwing, and I just could not throw it. Like there's this poor pitcher that I played with. His name was Colin Cameron. Sorry, Colin. Uh, this is me apologizing to you. Um, <laughs> he would always throw the ball, and I would I would go to throw it on the second base. Well, like this one time, I couldn't throw the ball, so I was. Dave was like, "Just you can't throw it. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be able to. You're not gonna be able to hit a, uh, hit hit him in the chest anyway. So you might as well just throw it hard. Like screw yeah. it. The worst thing you can do is just throw it hard. So I started reaching back and and coming from the heavens with it. And I smoked Colin Cameron right on the back of the head. He's a pitcher. Oh, throwing Lord. down the second base. Well, that was fine. I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. I went out there, apologize, come back. He um, and he was like, he's like, all right, man. And so I was like, dude, just get out of the way because I don't know where it's going. Well, the next time. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, God, don't hit him again. Don't hit him again. Don't hit him again. So I'm throwing down in between innings. I throw down the second base. He, like, takes a sprint off of the mound, dude. <laughs> hey, I smoked him in the back of the head again, dude. I was like, I was like, in my mind, I was like, don't hit him. Don't hit him. Don't hit him. And the ball just, like, found the back of his neck. And he just, like, laid down on the ground like a like a snow angel, dude. And I'm just laying, I'm just sitting behind the plate like, dude, I'm going, I'm getting cut. I'm going to junior college for sure. So that was, like, kind of why Diggs, <laughs> that was the story leading up to why he hired the voodoo guy to come over and talk. So. Yeah, you're going to take all of his pictures out of the Well, yeah, man, I have a history of that. And not by – not by it just – bless my heart, it just happened to me. You know what I mean? I <laughs> couldn't help it. But uh, – and um, <laughs> also, a lot of it was out of anger at the time. So, I was throwing really hard because I couldn't – I couldn't – I was mad. And ah, poor Colin. Anyway, <laughs> so um, he has this dude and he comes in there. And this guy's like up at the front like doing these spells and stuff. And I'm like – I can hear the entire team behind me just laughing. And the whole time I'm in this meeting, I'm just like, this is all because I can't throw a baseball. Like what, this is, what is wrong with me? Like, why can't, it's so, it's so easy. Just, and that's anyway, I got, that's when I got moved to the outfield. So, uh, voodoo guy didn't help. Dave told him to kick rocks. Um, he kept on like lingering around for like four days, like thinking like he was going to be like the next, like, <laughs> I guess like new team psychiatrist or something. Yeah. Yeah. Whisper or something. And, Dave's like, dude, go back to the swamp where you come from. And he uh, he scrammed. And so we uh, – anyway, so I ended – moral of the story is is I had the yips, and that's why I got moved to the outfield. Move the outfield, out there, who cares if you throw it and hit the backstop. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. at least it looks cool. And we're like, man, you can throw a ball. God, he's got way. an yeah. arm on him. Or yeah, who cares if you, <laughs> if you bounce it 10 foot behind the infield. It's like, dang, that dude, that dude, tried, that dude tried. But um, so – I never played the outfield in my life and went out there and figured it out, but just so I could have the batting lineup, you know, because I could hit. And uh, embraced it, man. Took and learned it and um, played played right beside some of the best in the world. Uh, Bryce Johnson, he plays for the San Francisco Giants right now. Um, that He's easily the the, be- the best outfielder I've ever seen in my life. And, you know, I played side side, right beside him for two, three years? Two years. And, and I, I mean – 
watched him and watched what he did and watched how he caught the ball and I learned learned it. That's at Sam or that's, that's in, at the, Sam. in the pros? That's at Sam. Sam. So then, I, you know, it starts getting junior year, senior year, and start getting getting some of these pro guys that are that are calling me and stuff. And, man, that's a whole other story for itself. But um, ended up, uh, long story short, did get drafted my junior year um, like, like I thought I was and um, – and so I was like, I, you know, I was, I was mad, man. I was, I was like, you know, like I kind of, I never planned on going to play professional baseball, but I was kind of like to the points where I was good enough to do it. I knew, I knew I was, but I just needed the chance, just like college. I needed the chance yeah. in the door. So let me get my foot in the door. And I promise you I'll prove it. You know, cause I ended up in college and you know, I took that 20% scholarship and, you know, pay, ended up building it uh, over the years yeah. to, to, um, until, you know, last, last year I didn't have to really pay anything. But um, I kind of went in as like a bullpen catcher slash laundry guy, and that you know, uh, Dex's big his thing was giving everybody a, a second chance. He's a second chance guy, and so I was that was my second chance, and I took advantage of it. And um, anyway, so Phillies, you know, my junior year, and I, I haven't really told that many people about this. I guess it's kind of coming to surface now. But uh, my family knows because uh, they're in front of the TV. But um, you know, I get a. Uh, I get a call one day in Huntsville and this is probably wrong of me, but I just didn't really tell my family or Amanda or at the time or, or anybody that, you know, I, I had professional teams like, you know, that were, they were kind of knocking on my door and um, just because it, there was always that, what if it doesn't happen? Yeah. If it didn't if happen, it happen, you didn't I'm, want I, everybody gonna, to tell you, Oh, gonna, it's going to be all right. Or they're going to think know. I'm a lot. They're going to think I'm, you know, yeah. I'm pulling their leg or something. And so, um, there's only two people that knew about this deal, and it was me and Coach Diggs. Because you know, I told him, and I, I didn't know. You know, I've only known one guy that goes and plays professional baseball, from, and he was from Crosby, J.R. Tolls. And so I just kind of like took his career and, um, you know, watched what he did and and uh, learned from it, and and wanted to be just like him, pretty much. And and so I told, I, I get this call one day, and um, is Philly scout, and and he says, man, he said, uh, let's go, uh, let's go meet and let's go to dinner and so we go to 1836 i meet him at 1836 steakhouse in in huntsville and um man it was he's like man it's gonna be kind of a strictly business meeting um you know like i'm not gonna hang around forever and so we went and ordered a steak and um you know i was talking to him we had we had some stuff in common but he um there was one sheet of paper on the on the table and he said you know there was a bunch of numbers. There was 40 numbers there. You know, in, the ba- in baseball draft at, at the time, there were 40 rounds, 40 drafts. And each ba- each round had a dollar figure beside it. And, you know, the, the, the most dollar, the most amount of money that was on uh, in the first slot was like $7.6 million. And then the lowest amount of money that was on the, on the table was $300,000. And he had all 40 slots all 40 slots listed out, but he only had 10 prices, you know, for the first 10 rounds. He said, don't talk about it. He said, but I want you to take your finger and put it on the, put it on the least amount of money that you go for. And in my mind, I'm like, dude, you give me 20 bucks right now and I'd go play. Yeah, for you, no right? kidding. And so it started kind of getting real. And so I was like, man, I, I didn't have an agent or anything. I was kind of speaking for myself. I didn't know I needed an agent. Um, or if I did, I, I don't know. That's kind of a big, what if in my career, but, um, <laughs> so I'm like trying to outsmart this dude. And I'm like, well, he's thinking that 
I'm going to see that $300,000 and say, you know, um, and, and, and pick that one. And, and, but I don't want them to think that I'll just go for anything. So I pick like, I, th- I think I pick like $700,000 or something. And I put it on there and I looked in the eyes and I slid it to them, you know, real confident. And I was like, holy crap, dude, this is getting serious. And, uh, cause the draft was coming up. And so that's something you don't really want to, you don't really talk about in a baseball locker room, especially with all your buddies that you play with all the time, because they're working just as hard as you are every day and they're not getting a shot, you know? Yeah. This is, and so <clears throat> draft rolls around and, uh, I'm in Crosby mowing the yard again. Not really, um, I was, it's kind of nervous. You know, I was listening to it on my, my ear, AirPods, but wasn't gonna, you know, I still, my mom and dad didn't know or nothing. And, um, I get a call, call from the Phillies, um, on the first day. I know I wasn't gonna go on the first day. Get a call from him. His name was Will Brunson. He was my, he was my scout. He passed away now, but, uh, so I'll never really know what happened here. But, um, he said, uh, he said, Hey man, he said tomorrow, he said, uh, you know, tomorrow's going to be a big day for you. And I was like, awesome, dude. Like he said, are, you know, are, are you still, we had agreed on, you know, I was probably, a, um, uh, like right around the, the hundred eighty two hundred thousand dollar mark for a signing bonus, and so and you know in, in my mind I'm like that's worth more to me and my family than going and playing another year of college baseball just to get a degree. Yeah. And so it, at that point in my life I was for sure gonna take it, you know. And um, he called me and uh, he said, "Man, I'm gonna get in touch with you tomorrow morning." So dude, the next morning I didn't sleep all whole night. Wow, you know, I me. wouldn't either. And um, but, you know, I still didn't want to tell my mom and dad about it just in case and kind of wanted it to be a surprise type thing, man. And so he stays in touch with me all the way through, you know, the next the next day is like rounds 10 through, I think it's 10 through 20 or something. So it's like the second second day of it. And, um, man, it gets around 11. He said, all right, bud. He said, <clears throat> he said, go ahead and get your family in front of the TV. Like, you got your family? You're having a watch party? I said, no, man. So I didn't tell anybody. I said, I didn't really know if this was going to be a real thing. And uh, he said, well, let me tell you right now. He said, if you if you want your family to be a part of this, like get them in front of the TV. So I'm calling my grandmas, I'm calling my, my uncles, um, my mom, my dad, you know, everybody's there. And it's all news to them. And they're on cloud nine, bro. Because, like, yeah. I didn't say anything about it to him. And it's just kind of like a surprise. And, you know, my dad's in there listening to the, to the draft while he's mountain deer. But he doesn't know that I'm going to be about to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my buddy uh, – Andrew Frije got drafted, and he might have been like a tenth rounder or something. But he got, he had got drafted the day before, and um, you know I hadn't even told him about this. And so this guy calls and he said, "But you're coming up. Like get your rounds coming up. Like get your family in front of the TV." So everybody rushes over, man, and we put it on our, put it on our TV, and I'm sitting there sweating, nervous, dude. I'm like, well, I don't know. And so I'm sitting there, and my phone rings. And it was like my buddy Aubrey or something calling to tell me a joke. And I was like, hey, man, I don't have time for this. I got to go. Anyway, so, you know, I'm on the edge. And finally he calls and I'm, hello, answered it before it even ring. And uh, he said, all right, man, stay on the phone with me. And I was like, oh, here it is, you know. And uh, stay on the phone with me. And um, he said, "This." He said, you're coming up. He said, just don't hang up the phone. He said, it's probably going to be about 20 minutes, but don't hang up the phone. And so we're sitting there in silence, the whole family in the living room, you know, watching my little bitty house. And. And uh, we're sitting there in silence, and I have it on speakerphone, and I'm just pacing the floor, dude. I'm nervous. And uh, anyway, the round comes up, and uh, I think it was like the 19th round. He's like, 
his thing was like, are you still good? Are you still good with the money, or do you want to go for a higher draft slot? I was like, dude, you can draft me last overall. I don't care. You yeah. know, I just want the money. And uh, not that I'm about money, but at the time, you know, it, that would have been really big for my, my family. And so, I, um, you know, I'm sitting there watching it, and round comes up, and they said, uh, he said, it, you know, it's between you and a couple other guys. He said, but you said between me and you, you're going to be the guy. You're you're the guy we're picking. So just go and get ready. So. We're all sitting there, and Amanda's there, and we're all excited. And uh, he, they called around, and they said, I don't even remember the, the kid's name, but they said from Southeastern Louisiana University, which is like our rival. Yeah. They chose an, they chose a first baseman from Southeastern Louisiana University. And dude, I turned white as a ghost, and I went outside and threw up. Like uh. I, I, and because I was on the phone with him the whole time still, and yeah. he, he said, "What?" I heard him say, "What?" And he's like, I, "I'll call you back." And so he hung up the phone, never heard from him again the entire year. Wow. And that was the Phillies. So um, the Rockies and some other guys were calling him in between there. But that was a big story that I've, that about that, that. That's your junior year, right? My junior year. So you can get drafted your junior year. Yeah. Or you can play four years. And your senior year, they have to draft you because. Your draft stop. Or your, the you, numbers go down, don't well, they? Like you're not. Well, no. I mean, you just get not. better and better as you keep playing. But, yeah. like, you – you have to – they know they have you by the balls, basically, because if you don't take what they give you – What are you going to do? You're going to go work in, in, in the chemical plant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, a senior gets $10,000 max, maybe, it, or in a bus ticket. And yeah. It, it well, that's that's what I meant by the numbers go Yo, down. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you're not you're, making the big signing bonuses your slot, like you Your did. slot number goes down. I don't even – still really don't even know all the signs behind it. I'm not – I didn't – Really plan on that being a part of my life, but so what? When when did you get drafted? What round? Were... I got drafted the twenty sixth round, my senior year. I, yeah. You know, I went. So Degs, Coach Degs called me immediately after the deal, and dude, I'm not gonna lie, man, I was upset. I was, I, I just went and I, ju- I jumped in my truck and I left, and my, my family knew what to say, and I just felt awkward and embarrassed around them. You know, and um, that night it was a Crosby Fair and Rodeo, and we went to, <laughs> and so Free Jay's all excited. He's on cloud nine, man, and he's like. Hey man, go to the let's go to the rodeo tonight. And I was like, sure thing, bud. So I roll up there to the rodeo with him, and I'm dude, I'm just I'm sick because nobody else knows this that about what yeah. just happened, but yeah. except for me and my dad. And my dad's I I tell my dad was he was hurting for me, but uh, we go and sit in the stands. We're watching the rodeo, and um, of course everybody's hugging his neck when he walks in there. And hmm. hey, dude, I'm extremely extremely I was. Yeah, you're happy, happy for him because he's your friend. But as soon on the as he other got hand, drafted, like, I called him. I was, like, I was like, "Dude, let's go!" And um, we, dude, I was, I was, because he deserved it, man. It, he was great athlete, still is, and it, uh, really good at what he did. And we get to the top of the stands. And I, I've never even told him this, so if he's listening to this, this is a, uh, <laughs> this is all probably news to him. He probably didn't even realize it because he didn't know that the, the Phillies were talking to me like that. And uh, you know, this is literally like three hours later. And uh, we uh, we're sitting there and sitting in the stands and the spotlight, all the rodeo spotlights, you know, they start going off and um, they had like a little, they're having a, a break before they started the bull riding and they said, we just received news that uh, that one of our hometown kids, and this is my town, dude. I live I live like next to the to the rodeo arena, and me and Freeze are sitting side beside each other in the stands and we're like, we just received news that uh, you know our uh, one of our hometown kids is. Is, is going to the bigs. He just got drafted by the, the Orioles and the whatever round, and they, like, put all the spotlights on him, and he's like, oh, I, was like I was like, dude, stand up. And so he stands up, and he's waving his hat, and everybody's, like, coming. Like, 
it was like a crowd of people just going. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, I felt about this big, man. And it, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want him to think that that was ever, that was ever a big deal because I was extremely happy for him. But um, man, I just had my whole family, whole, had my whole family in there watch what just happened. And <laughs> um, man, you it was gotta, just, it was just awkward. But you gotta go be a part of that. Anyway, huh? we, um, <laughs> man, I was extremely happy for him. He went and did it, and so. Coach Deggs called me as soon as the draft was over with. He said, man, he said, he said, what happened? I said, Coach, I don't know. You tell me, you know. Hey, your guess is as good as and, mine. Yeah, I have no idea, bud. And, you know, I was trying to – I was choked up. I was trying to hold my tears down. And <clears> at this point, me and Amanda were like – I told Amanda, I said, I just want to get away. Like, let's go – let's go um, – let's go to New Braunfels or something. I mean, it's kind of easy to get away for us and go float the river. It's, I just want to – I don't want to see anybody. I just want to get my mind off stuff. And anyway, I think we went and ended up picking up our dog Kelly that that trip. But uh, it, it that that's uh that's sort of how that deal went down. And so I was mad, dude. And so I was like, you know what? I said I said this next year I'm gonna go back to Sam and I'm just gonna like basically shut everybody up. Like, yeah. you know, why was that even a, just ball out? And, and my numbers are so much better than the kids, man. Is the problem like, you know, why was that even an issue? Why was that even a, a thing? Yeah, you know, and. Man, I don't even think he was there the next year whenever I got drafted by them. So the next year, you know, I I went and I put I hit two more home runs and and put up basically uh, like one point five times the numbers that I did the year before. And I knew I was going to get drafted. Um, I just didn't know when, and I it, I didn't care because it was just kind of like one of those deals. If it happens, it happens. If not, dude, like I still had a pretty historic career at Sam, and that, that I'm proud of. So um, I mean, for me and my family, I guess you'd say, but um. Anyway, I ended up going in the 26th round, me and my buddy, uh, my other roommate, Jordan Cannon. And uh, both of us were kind of in the same boat, man. Like, we wanted to go and, and, and try it just because we knew that we, we could make it. Um, we thought we could make it. And uh, got got the call and went and did it. And, I, you know, my mom, mom and dad were so happy and um, proud. And it was it was cool being like a, being a local hero for, for a couple of days, man, you know. Crosby Fair and Rodeo was again, you know, I didn't have my buddy beside me, but uh, Andrew to to um, absorb some of it with, but he, because um, he was already at spring training, you know, or he was already playing. And uh, so anyway, uh, so I, I went and went and got to be a little local hero for a little bit and then um, realized that the whole, the whole being a hero thing kind of, it kind of peters out as soon as you get off that plane in Clearwater Beach, man. I didn't know what to expect. I'm all starched up. I got gel in my hair and stuff, and um, I didn't bring anything but my baseball stuff and a couple of pairs of skippies and 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 a and, and a and basically a helmet. And so um, I get off the plane in Clearwater Beach, and you know, I just, I'm flying by myself, dude. I'm like, I'm gonna go have me a whiskey, you know. So I go, I go over to the to the little bar at the, at the deal, and I drink me a whiskey and. And, I, and, you know, I just felt like a high roller at the time. And, and I get off this plane, and, you know, there's a guy standing there with a sign, and he's wearing Phillies, um, like a Phillies, I guess, suit type deal. And he has a sign, and he has a limo there. And I was like, God, dude, this is big time. Like, this is sweet. And uh, I get in this limo, and there's about 15 Dominicans in there, dude, like already. <laughs> they're just in there partying it up. They're waiting on they're you. They're like, man, this is this is white kid, man. This kid from Texas. <laughs> I, I pile off in there, and, and – uh, I was like, man, I'm in the wrong limo, you know. I, I didn't know anything about uh, mo- majority of minor league baseball being um, being Central Americans, I guess you'd say. And 
I get in there and these dudes, they just, they're like partying it up. And I, I yeah. go sit down in the back and I'm wearing freaking Wranglers and boots and I got my belt buckle on. And, you know, I'm starched up and it just gets silent. They kill the music and they're just oh, sitting there staring man. at me. And so I start trying to talk to these guys. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna not. I'm not gonna sit there and not talk to them in a limo. Yeah. And uh, they like I would I would like look this guy and I looked this dude in the eyes. And I was like I asked him. I was like, man, where are you from? No speaking. Nothing. And no blind It was just so awkward. And so <laughs> I should have started singing for us or something. But um, I'm sure that would have gone over well. Yeah, it would have, dude. I would have. I would have. Uh, <laughs> it would have been great. But no, nah, I mean, so that's uh, that's how it went. And then I couldn't. Just couldn't figure it out in the figure it out in the minors, dude. It it's a different ball game when you get up there. Um, yeah, you're not. It's not a. You can hit anything with a metal bat, but the good hitters hit with a wood bat, and that's something I just didn't ever really oh, did. Yeah. And uh, why would I swing a wood bat whenever I could hit it with a metal bat twice as far? Like it makes no sense <laughs> to me. And so I got there and had to learn how to do that, and um, I guess I never really. I could I could do it. I just kind of dug myself some holes I couldn't get out of. But man, I gave it all I had, and yeah. Well, I mean, overall, you know, still a very successful career. You know, you had a great college career. You made it a lot further than a lot of people do, you know. So that's definitely something to be proud of. I mean, everybody, I think, wants to play professional sports, and you got to do that. um, I had the chance, man. I had the chance, and that was one of those things that, you know how many kids up and still when I got there, um, and that's something I would text. I was texting some of my buddies back at, back at home like mac uh i said man you know over the years i played with so many great players like so many i mean just just pound for pound some of the best players i've ever seen that their name is i mean they could run circles around the guys that are that are here at the at the at, that just yeah. got drafted you know and they just didn't get the chance they fell through the cracks and that's just baseball dude i'm sure it's like that in football too I don't know. It's it's probably more like that in baseball because there is so many people. There's so many. I mean, I mean, it's just there's so many people who get drafted. You got to get lucky, man. But at the same time, you got to be good too. Like, I mean, you can't not. You can't just impress a guy. You you can't impress a guy. um, You can't impress a guy just by him being the one game you're good at. Because you know, I've had plenty of those and. I've had a lot of not not of those, but I tell you what, like something that college coaches watch, uh, that is kind of was not communicated with me, is they watch how you get out of the car, they watch how you how you get your get your bag out of the back, they watch how you walk to the field through the gates, watch how you lace up your spikes, they watch how you how you talk to your mom and dad after the game, they watch how you um, you know, sorry I made a bunch of noise over here, they um they watch. You know, did you tell did you tell your family thank you for coming to the game yeah. after the game? I mean, that's how you carry yourself in the clubhouse, on the field, everything. The little things, it's, yeah. The little things. It's the whole package. And well, that, the little things take you a long way in life, sports, everything. Yeah, so. and that's that's something that you know. I don't I doubt there's any kids listening to this, or there might be, but oh, there's some there's some youngins who listen to this that I've heard uh, of, and dude, it, I mean, if you have a dream, go chase it. I mean, I'm not trying to be inspirational, or whatever, but you know, it's real. Like, I mean, I, I had it, and um. Go chase it, but you know what? Like, if there's if there's one one thing that I could say, um, that I would just like to see that 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 would that would help kids more than more so than being good at baseball to get drafted or to get to get picked up by go play after high school or just even be a good high school player. You know, 
do things the right way. Like, yeah. do things the right way. Don't do don't, the little things. Don't yeah. don't be posting videos of yourself on Twitter. Nobody cares to see that, dude. Like, don't be posting videos of yourself hitting a single up the middle to win a game or something on 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 Twitter and talking about uh, them boys sleeping or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I just see all this ignorance and all this extra stuff that it just looks so bad from my standpoint because I've been there and seen what those guys yeah. look for and they're laughing at those kids. I'm a big believer in that too. Like just be humble and or just work hard in silence. Yes. You know, shut up and work. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, if you go to the gym every day, you know, you don't have to post that you're going to the gym. You know, we believe you, suffer, you know, suffer. Well, if you, and especially if you're playing sports and you're working out and you know, working out and going to the gym and, you know, doing your everyday workouts and all doing everything right. That's just part of it. Here's the thing. You know, that's what wore me out Yeah, is, like, watching guys who play college football every time they're in the gym, they're posting a picture of it. That's the, what okay, you're supposed the, to be doing. Those those guys got weeded off of our team, dude. Like, okay, here's the way I look at it. Like, and no different. Like, I, I haven't worked out in three years. Uh, and since I got through – since I got cut in Brooklyn, New York, I, I have not worked out. And I said I would never do it again because, uh, you know, my body was just so tired whenever I was done. And well, it catches up with you pretty fast. You get older, but um, I recently started. I recently started running and drinking water and kind of working Oof. out every day. And yeah, it's it, it's not as easy as it used to be for sure. But you know what? Like, you can you can go to the mirror. You can go to the mirror in the gym and take pictures all you want. Yeah, prove to people you're there. But guess what? That whole time you're, you hear me? That whole time you're taking pictures of of your abs uh, or whatever. <laughs> You could have already done another set and got a little bit better. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because what 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 are you really working out for? Are you working out for a social status? If you are, that's not in my. If you want to truly be good at something, that's not what you need to be doing. You need to be in there thinking about. There's forty other guys across across Texas right now that are doing the exact same thing that I am, and they're getting that extra rep. They're pushing harder. You know, they're 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 earning it. And what am I gonna do to beat them? Yep. You know, that's I agree completely. Nobody cares about. Just keep it off of social media, but um, you know, look a man in the eyes and shake his hand, and yes sir, no sir. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, it just goes a long way. You hear about it, and everybody tells you that's how you need to be. But the amount of kids that want to make it and truly have the talent to make it, and the ones that actually buy into that and do it, are two totally different things. Yeah, man. yeah. That's not to discount all of the kids no, out there. No. You know, how we probably sound like old men over here bickering about the younger generation there is still a lot of really good people and really good kids out there who are doing it so not to discount all them well we've talked about baseball for about an hour now Um, we're going to sort of switch it up i had a do something a little fun here i sent hunter a text message yesterday and i said just pick out you know your top favorite waters doesn't have to be anything specific doesn't even have to be brands of water anything like that what brought that about was the other day my brother and I were golfing and I posted a Snapchat story of a certain bottle of water and I just put undefeated. And when I say undefeated, I mean like this stuff is gold. That's just what I call really good stuff is undefeated. And I caught a little bit of flack for it, I'm not going to lie. And so it got me thinking. I was like, what are people's favorite types of water? And so that led me to text Hunter and I said, you know, what's your favorite, what's your top five waters of all time? So... I will let Hunter go first, and we're gonna we're gonna sift through, and we're gonna pick our top five waters of all time. So, Hunter, what is your what's your one one of water? If you had to, you know, you just get you get one pick. What's your one one? 
all right. It depends on your situation, but so here here's here's my situation. You know, I'm I'm six years old and I think I'm evil Knievel. I'm in the yard and I'm trying to ride my bicycle and jump this ramp, right? Like I'm trying to catch some air and grow wings. I hear you. And I'm sweating jumping this thing and I'm just so tired and sweaty and hot. Well, the the house doors locked, so my mom locked me out, so I I know where you're going. So I don't so I don't go in and out and let all the air out of the house. Well, it's about 110 degrees outside, and man. You keep on not trying to look at that water hose over there. You go. I hear you. At, at the end of the day, you go straight for it, and you let it. You let it. You let it run gotta, out for you about. You got to get all the hot seconds. water out of it first you before get you get, all get, a, get into the cold water. <laughs> <laughs> and you just take a drink, and it just goes all over you. You're like, God, it's the best water I've ever drank. That's my number one water, water hose. Dude. I just water. remember being so thirsty as a kid, and you know, I don't. Do kids even still drink out of water hoses? I don't Is know, that- but I I will say this: I drank out of water hoses my fair share, um, but that did not cross my mind when we when we were deciding on our top five waters. So that's a very very good pick. That's the most thirst quenching water you'll ever taste. Is water black? I'm talking about straight up black hose. Summer, 105 degrees, two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, water. You, you, but you you better let it run. And, and and get a little cool first. Yeah, well, unless you <laughs> might might put a little hair on your chest, but uh. <laughs> well, I'll get, that's a very good pick. I, so that's I, me. That's I mine. hate that that wasn't on my list, but I'll go my one one here, and you can relate to this. And anybody who's played sports or college sports doesn't even matter if it was college or high school or what. You're at practice. It's hot. You're dying of thirst. <laughs> And here comes that water girl oh, around little, here uh, with the little, the, the little Gatorade. The little caddy? The yeah. little Gatorade caddy? Yes. yes. They got the green Gatorade bottle with the orange squirt top. <laughs> and you know you're And it's it. it's half ice, half water, and you're fixing to just get sick because you're drinking so much water. You're going you're gonna to get, get your fill. You're going to squirt it down the back of your neck. You're going to wet your head with it, everything. Did, so did, that's my first pick is a, is a squirt bottle, water from a Gatorade squirt bottle at football practice. You're right. That's a good one. That That's probably – that's got to be number – that's got to be equivalent to the first one. Man, I remember being so thirsty sometimes, and you see that girl come, and you're like, oh, thank God. And she comes over, and you pick up that one, and it's got like this much hot water in the bottom of it, and you're just like, oh, yeah. no. So you put it back and get another one. Yeah. Did you, did you ever develop the technique to where you just like one full squeeze, you get the whole thing, and it just and you never even close your lips, it just, it just you just gulp it down. No, I don't think I ever was able to uh, kill a whole bottle. What fun thing I did do in high school though was me and Alan Carbajal would take a bottle and we would stand right next to each other, and I would I'd take about a three second squirt i'd hand it to him he'd take about a three second squirt and we'd pass it back and like forth like little rascals yeah and we'd just kill the whole bottle we would just pass it back you're a bunch of takers dude what about all the poor kids on the team oh, they're hot in the they got the water hose the <laughs> they got the water hose dude i remember when kids used to drink water man yeah that was that was fun <laughs> number two what's your number two pick and we can do three or five it's up to you you got five good ones or Man, I just really had that one. I mean, so I didn't really, I didn't really know if you were talking about like ocean water or like. So I just picked like the times when I was thirstiest in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, the, probably the second best would be um, Hill Country Fair uh, water uh, at from H E B. You know, the little, the little knockoff off brand ones. You. I think that's the best water you can buy in a bottle, and uh, that's just that's just me. That's good water. But um, I agree. I more or less did the worst five bottle waters that you can that you can possibly imagine. And I, 
let me hear because I right, think well, one of my good picks is on yeah, your worst picks. You kind of threw me so. off with that, man. I'm not real sure if you're being serious. If that was just a joke, I was number two. My number two is Aquafina. Oh my! A cold bottle of Aquafina, Bill. Why I don't? What, what's wrong with that, man? You might be a liberal, dude. I like I like Dasani water too. Oh my! I guess you like Deja Blue too, don't you? No, I've never had Deja Blue. Oh, my. I do like Smart Water. Okay. Smart water's up. on my good list. You're on smart water. Smart water's on my good list. Okay. Um, and and so is core because it has a cool bottle and it it makes you it tricks you into thinking you're hydrated. Is core the one the blue one with the, the with cap. the big blue cap? Yeah, I like it, that. It looks like a big. I like that. It looks like a big bottle of hydration. Yeah, I like so. that. Um, I did. I I put Aquafina on there. If I go to a store, I probably won't pick Aquafina over a smart water or something like that. But the Aquafina is what sparked this whole conversation because I posted a picture of a, I mean, really cold bottle of Aquafina on the golf course the other <laughs> evening, and it was hot. I mean, it can only get it can only get so cold, Bill. For it, for it, it can only get to like thirty three degrees. It was probably thirty two point <laughs> nine degrees. It was almost freezing. It was perfect, and but I the, caught so like, much flack off of posting that picture. Yeah, and I was like, I, I I like what I like. Okay. I got to be honest, you rightly should have, man, because that's just, I mean, everybody knows that that's the worst water. I mean, you use them as golf tees and stuff. I mean, you, you, take, no, the, you take the cap no. off and you pour it out and use it as a golf tee. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Or you pee in it. You know what no, I mean? No, I, I like what I like. Just to assert your dominance. I like what I like. I can't help that. That is true. I also had um, the beach, the ocean. That, yeah. That's good water. Man, ah, see, I beg to differ. I hate, it's perfectly good water, but... It just, the salt just ruins it, man. You know, like you go to the beach and you feel all sticky all day afterwards. Yeah, I, mean, I, like, I grew up on that, I grew up maybe. on the coast though too. So. I do like the beach though, uh, and I'm just used to Bolivar and Galveston, man. It's like oh, see, so you got to go to a good beach. I'm not talking about chocolate milk Galveston Beach. I'm talking about yeah. like a good beach in Florida. Well, yeah, I mean that's cool too. But you know, I, I lived in Clearwater Beach. The, the water was clear, uh, just like oh. the just like the name, <laughs> uh, but. It's still just as salty over there as it is here, man. It's still You're tight. right. I, You're man, right. I looked at that blue water. I was like, man. The ocean is maybe salty. It's, maybe it's not so salty. And I went out there and, yeah, dude, it's too good to be true. It's got salt in it. You're right. The The ocean is salty. But um, I also had um, shower after a long, long day. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Good yeah. shower water. Maybe even like a when it's cold in the winter and you when go to take it's a cold hot shower, and you take a hot shower before and you go then to class. You, yeah, like right now you get done working out and you go in and take a cold shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. I tried that yesterday, dude. It's so hot outside, the water wouldn't get cold. I I know. I have to let it run for because our water pipes run down the side of our house, and we have to let it run for a while before it gets cool. I was like, I I took like a probably like a lukewarm shower. And, and then like you're sweating still when you get out. Yeah, and I like washed off, and then I just turned it on the cold, and I stood there, and I was like, "This water is still warm." Man, you know what? You know what's good water? What? Let me hear. It, when you're when you're sitting on a when you're sitting on the edge of a of a tank in, in West Texas, and it's it's just daylight, but you know it wasn't quite freezing. Yeah. But right at daybreak, it's just enough to ice it over just oh, slightly, yeah. and you know, you hear that dog. You don't know it's iced up until you, you hear that dog go. You, the first volley comes in, and you shoot those ducks. And that he dog starts. goes and hits it, and it's just slush all slushing through that's it. Good, that's, that's good. That's good water. That's good water. Yeah, the dogs probably don't think so, but it looks cool. Oh, it's good water. It looks cool on them. It makes good. <laughs> it makes good pictures. It does. It drips off their beards. You know, it drips yeah. off their nose hair. They got the little icicles hanging off of them. 
<laughs> yeah, and you feel so they're shaking and stuff. I mean, they, they they love it. They just don't say it. Yeah, they they, they love it. it. But um, that like that's it. good water too, man. Um, but it can turn bad really fast whenever it locks up. If it gets if it gets if it down locks to like twenty four degrees, yeah, or, then it's not so, so fun it, anymore. Yeah, you're out there breaking it and <laughs> yeah, um, it's not so fun after that. But uh, man, Aquafina is probably top five on one of my worst flavors of bottled water. Deja Blue, uh, Dasani. I mean, this makes your throat feel itchy, dude. Like, oh. It's like you drink those and you're just like, you feel like you're on the movie Holes. You know, you're, you're like barf bag down there in the whole... Uh, oh, God, no. Man, yeah, dude, that's what I think of no. when I drink that water. Come on, Bill. Your your time in Florida, did you ever drink any spring water? Yes. Uh, the worst nasty, one, right? The worst one down there is the one that's in Miami, and it's called... Uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, Zephyr Hills. Zephyr Hills. Worst yeah. water I've ever drank in my life. Also, you can throw Arrowhead in there too. My whole family is from Florida. My mom's oh, whole right. family is from that's Florida. Right. I forgot that. And so they love spring water. And oh, that's who I was catching. Dude. I was catching crap from them about drinking my Aquafina. Oh. And I told them, I was like, if dude, you think this is nasty. Dude, I would. I would. Do some crazy things in Florida for a bottle of Aquafina, like yeah. compared to Zephyr Hills. Or the spring whatever. water is oh. just—I'm not—I can't get behind it. I'm sure if you grew up on it, it'd be different, but I'm not a fan of spring. Well, it's probably—it's because they—they don't. Ha- I mean, they have the Everglades, but I mean, pretty much all the water in Florida besides Okeechobee is brackish. It's got some kind of salt in it. So guess what happens when you filter the salt out of it? It tastes like Zephyr Hills. Tastes like <laughs> fair enough. I, I guess, guess they—I guess they do that in Colorado too. There must be a bunch of salt water there too, because Arrowhead water—it's like. I go in there and it's got the same logo as Ozark. Have you, know? you had uh, Liquid Death? Out of the, the one can? in a can? Yeah. Yeah, I felt, dude. That's good stuff. Yeah, I was listening to Def Leppard when I was doing that. That's good stuff. I don't. You didn't like it? No, it's just water out of a can, man. Do you it remember? It tastes super clean. Though. What was the What was the hurricane when we were kids? And it was Ike. No, so Ike was Ike was Katrina. Uh, it was Rita. It was Rita, Katrina, and Ike when we were kids. I don't know. I think it was Katrina. Katrina was pretty. I mean, we were pretty young when Katrina happened. We evacuated and and, and came up here to Camp Creek Lake in, in Franklin, and uh, you know they had. But when we came back, you know Crosby was a lot of Crosby was just like not there. I mean, we got hit hard. Yeah, uh, it might have been Rita. I I don't remember, but um, I remember what was it? Uh, FEMA. They came up to the school the high school and they were giving out like uh these mre mills ready to eat packages well inside those there was a bunch of uh canned water and i thought that was the coolest thing dude because i never seen canned water they before put, they put uh dasani and aquafina in a oh, can they, they put zephyr hills in there dude they it probably they probably <laughs> just dipped it right down in the ocean and then sealed it off anyway dude i just remember i was i was so thirsty because you know we're kids we're outside playing because yeah. we don't have school and stuff and and um and all we had was that that can't we had like a whole pallet of that canned water that somebody didn't want. <laughs> and so um, we're, I just remember drinking that and it was just, it was just nasty. You shotgunning them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. Well, Hunter, this has been a blast, man. I, there's a ton of stuff that we didn't talk about, but there will be a second episode. There has to be a second episode. Um, we didn't talk about your, old school bikes your old school cars yeah that's hunting, what into yeah any of that stuff so next time i get you on here we'll cover that i try to keep these episodes around an hour hour and a half or so so we're at an hour and 22 minutes so i think we i think we did pretty good buddy what do you think oh thanks for having me dude this is this is great um i'm sure you know i sound like uncle rico sitting here in my in my seat but um 
you know, I didn't, I can sit here and talk to Dustin all day long, man. This is what we're sitting here doing. It's fun to catch up and uh, just having a to, conversation, man. Y'all get to, y'all get to listen to it. So uh, yeah. thank y'all for having me. Yep. He will be back on. Um, like I said, we could literally sit here and talk all day, but I can do an explicit one too. We'll do an explicit show just for adults only. One yeah. Day. Maybe we'll do like a subscription. Uh, you got to subscribe to hear, yeah. uh, hear the cuss words. I try and, to keep it clean and um, only bills. Only Bills. That's a good one. Maybe we'll change the name of the podcast. No, no. <laughs> this, is, this is for kids, man. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Uh, like always, I couldn't do it without you all. Um, leave, leave some comments on the Spotify or Apple. You know, Comment on maybe what your favorite waters are. Maybe roast me for like an Aquafina. Who knows? <laughs> all right, Hunter. We'll see you, buddy. See you, bud. All right. Love you all.